You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Soretta. Joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writer. Ryan Scott. Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? Okay, so right about right before we were going to record, some news broke, and you were like, we need to talk about this Pennyworth news. I think that's the first time anybody has ever said that in the history of the world, because I didn't even know people were still watching Pennyworth. But, Ryan, what is going on with Pennyworth? Yeah, so right before we were about to record here, um, look, this all kind of ties into the fact that we know that DC's <laughs> undergoing a pretty big shift right now uh, under the new leadership at Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, so what had happened was there was a show called Pennyworth based on Alfred Pennyworth, uh, Batman's butler. And um, it, it was originally on Epics for its first two seasons, so a smaller network. And um, it was brought over to HBO Max, as were several other DC shows. Um, and uh, worth noting, the first two seasons, particularly the first season, were actually pretty well-reviewed and well-received by the people that did watch it. Uh, so uh, IGN uh, revealed today the season three trailer. Uh, but aside from the trailer, uh, the show now has a fancy new subtitle. Uh, this is very real, what I'm about to say to you. Uh, the new title of the show for season three on HBO Max is Pennyworth, The Origin of Batman's Butler. Let's... <laughs> 
let's discuss. I I literally did not even look up this news story before when you mentioned it. This I knew is... you were going because you were saying, oh, I don't know anything. I'm like, don't worry, Peter. The, it's all right there. So just before we discuss this, the show follows um, Alfred in his <laughs> early days, played by Jack Bannon. It's essentially like James Bond, Alfred, and then uh, through his relationship with Thomas Wayne, who's played by Ben Aldridge and takes place in like the 60s, I guess. But uh, but yeah, so uh, Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler is now the name of the show, which really seems to undercut the premise a bit. But uh, but yeah, so that that's really happening. Uh, I feel like if you wanted to accomplish this, I I, I don't honestly think. I think the idea of releasing this show as Pennyworth was a bad idea. I think you do want to like have some kind of tie into Batman, but this is like the worst possible tie into Batman. Sure. Look, I don't, I think especially bringing it to HBO max, I don't initially argue against the idea that maybe you do something to, to get a little bit more, but, but I think what's important though, is that the show did well enough to get to, a third season and it, and again critically especially that first season it looked like performed quite well so what you had was a good show and again you have a premise that is kind of like very distanced from the idea of this guy being batman's butler like so i don't know that it just seems to undercut everything and it is also silly as hell uh so like yeah i don't know um yeah, because that to me that subtitle sort of tells you this is a story I do not need to understand. Nobody has ever asked, "Gee, where did Batman's butler come from?" Nobody's asking that question. So, like, I I feel like even if you're going to try to get people to watch, this was the wrong way to do it. See, this whole time you've been talking, Ryan, I've been like, "What is the better title for this?" If you wanted to include Batman in the subtitle, and I think you need to remove Butler out of the equation. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. Because again, the whole premise of the show is built on like Alfred's light. I don't know. Like that. that's really like. Like like the the brains behind the bat or no, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have a good suggestion. Look, I don't, like, I'm not saying I have a good, but you and I are also not marketers. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you and this is not our job, but I got to tell you, somebody somewhere down the line should have been like, please, God, no, don't do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, this, I got to imagine everyone associated with the show was like, really? Because there's no way, like, the, the show creator or, like, the stars are like, oh, hell yeah. Like, there's no way anyone's like, this is great. You know, so I don't know. Um, uh, Just, I guess it's worth talking about just because, I mean, who knows who, it, it's not clear who made the title change uh decision or what but i feel like a lot's been going on at dc and this is just another flag of like say what you will about the idea of cancel but clearly dc needs to just figure some things out for better or for worse right now because what the hell yeah this is really bothering me i feel like um you should use like super spy i, I haven't seen the show so i don't know <laughs> what the angle is on the actual show it's essentially but, like like we've hinted at in various incarnations that like like alfred had a life as like with the british secret service essentially and yeah. so i think that the idea so it's essentially like james bond alfred you know before and again like his relationship with thomas wayne before bruce wayne and so like you know yeah i mean i get that but 
uh, yeah, you're really undercutting the, the the Butler thing. Really undercuts the premise of the show. This really does feel like something that comes from like the people that that make all these reality shows that are on Discovery Plus. Do you know what I mean? Like House Hunters, Family, uh, Craft. You know, it's it's like they they really have to like spell things out. I guess I guess in the broader sense, this is just more <sighs> of like a. Again, I don't know if the new regime was the one that changed this title. I have no idea what's going on, but but uh, this is just very clear to me that, look, I, I'm not trying to draw lines in the sand here, but Marvel is not ever going to have a title of a show come out be this bad. So, like, you know, say what you will about Marvel. They have their shit together enough to not have this happen. So I don't know. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> I don't know. I, I I feel like there's a way to get, to cram Batman in there, and not be this bad of a title, or just have faith in your concept. You know, like people, <laughs> like people have faith in a good show, and if it's good enough, people watch it, and then you sort of figure out what it is. Like, like the DC people watch it because they know, and then maybe other people just watch it because it's what you know. And then I don't know. Like I. Again, Marvel's Marvel has really done a good job with that of being like, okay, look, like most people don't know who Moon Knight is, but you know, let's let's not treat you like you're stupid. Let's give let's give the concept some credit and like, you know, I I guess at some point you have to lean into that idea and I don't know because I'm with you. Like, fine, you want to get the bat, but also the other problem is that DC has leaned too much on the Batman branding. Like I think something like 18 of their current monthly comics are somehow connected to Batman. And it's like, okay, that's, I understand Batman sells, but you are going to bleed that dry. And what are you left with? If you continue to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I just think I, I do see their side of it in a way that Pennyworth is a horrible title. If you're trying to compel the audience that loves Batman to watch it. But I guess if the, I guess, but again, if that's the idea, right, if that's the idea that like, if you're only trying to compel your Batman audience, yeah, but yeah. The, the, the reviews and everything for the show and the concept for the show suggested, nah, this can maybe cast a slightly wider net, but we also get that DC branding to get some people on board. Like that to me is sort of, you know, and again, I think that's not a bad idea inherently, you know, you just, but I think it requires some faith in the concept and this just, yeah. the, that title demonstrates an utter lack of faith in the show that they've made. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. It, the problem is like, you can't put Batman in there. Like, it, like the, the closest I could come up with is like the mind behind Batman or the intelligence behind Batman. But then like, people are going to expect Batman's in the show. So then you got to have like the origins of the mind behind, and then it becomes ridiculous like this. But I think what makes this super ridiculous is the Butler, like putting Butler. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, I don't know. It's, it's all bad. It's all bad. Okay. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about um, (laughs) another bad idea. Uh, They're making a live action (laughs) Pac-Man movie. And uh, it's being produced by Bandai Namco Entertainment, the company behind Pac-Man and some of like the, you know, classic video games of the uh, Atari era and arcade era um, and Wayfire Studios, which, by the way, I, lo- uh, I went to Wayfire Studios webpage to see what they were involved in. And they uh, have made my last days man enough. Um. Let's see. Let's see what they did theatrically for movies. 
clouds and five feet apart. I don't know. I haven't seen any of these things. So that 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 is not five feet apart did pretty okay. That just hit Netflix, yeah. I think. Well, anyways, this project is based on an original idea by Chuck Williams, who worked on Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and he's of Light Beam Entertainment. What that idea is, I don't know. I don't think a Pac-Man movie is a bad idea. I think the idea of a live-action Pac-Man movie is just ridiculous. Okay, I mean, fair enough. Fair. Okay, <laughs> let me even stop you there. What okay. the hell is an animated Pac-Man movie? Like, what even? There is no story at the. Now, look, I think, now, in fairness, I think something like Rampage, the Dwayne Johnson video game movie that I actually quite liked, they did it. They did a thing where they're like, okay, this game is about monsters, and that's it. So that allows us some freedom to craft a story that we like around this idea of big monsters, and we get some IP branding. Great movie did pretty well at the box office. I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Pac-Man, you don't have a big story, but what the hell can you craft around a yellow thing that eats pellets? <laughs> you probably this was probably before you were born, Ryan. But there was a Pac-Man uh, animated Saturday morning TV series by Hanna Barbera that ran t- two seasons and followed no, Pac-Man. And uh, Miss Pac-Man, I think it was in the early 80s. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's possible to make characters out of them, make characters out of the ghosts. And I, I I'm know. not saying it's not possible, but what I'm saying is that, like, okay, a lot of those 80s cartoons were some of, like, on a much lower scale, some of the worst <laughs> egregious, like, no, no. And I don't, and I know some people have yeah. some nostalgia for that stuff, but, but in all seriousness, in this era of Hollywood, like, eating its own tail... A lot of those 80s animated series, like the Rambo animated show and some of this stuff, were the were like some of the worst examples of let's like squeeze some more juice out of this thing. And, and you know, regardless of let's make this cheaply and let's just like this has brand recognition, let's do it. And so I would I would wager that that Pac-Man animated series was an example of that. So if you're going to use that as your touchstone of we can do something <laughs> with Pac-Man, I don't know that that's a good idea. I mean... Chuck Williams has a pedigree here with Sonic the Hedgehog, which makes me think that there might be a similar approach where it's like, you know, Pac-Man has entered our world and uh, the ghosts are on the run and he needs like a human to help him out to to get all the ghosts and uh, and also the pellets so that he doesn't die. Time doesn't run out. I don't know. Look, I'm not saying I don't get why you do this after the success of Sonic the Hedgehog, but um i just and look and all right to be fair you know sometimes like you know everyone was like oh the lego movie why the hell are they making a movie about legos ends up being just absolutely delightful so who knows but like (laughs) i'm with you the live action bit but again you know sonic was live action i don't know i i but at least sonic interacted like there was some story there like there was some story in the games there was a villain there was a you know i don't know it's it's uh pac-man is uh, whatever i sure what the hell i guess i don't know this this I will mean, live right alongside that tetris movie trilogy we're supposed to be getting oh god do you well, remember next, that and uh, i don't remember i remember they announced that and then pixels came out or was that after I, pixels that was that was after pixels they just supposedly had uh and i remember the one of the producers his quote was like the story we've cooked up is like too epic to be contained in one movie. And I'm like, it's Tetris. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, at least Chris Pratt is not voicing Pac-Man yet. Yeah. No, he's, he's too busy voicing the, um, the long Tetris brick in the Tetris movie, you know, because he's the real savior. 
okay. Well, well, we'll see if this ever actually gets made and uh, becomes the huge hit that Sonic the Hedgehog has become. And speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, they're, they're now making a third film and they have moved the release date of that third film. They are so confident in this third film, Ryan, that they've moved the release date to go head to head with one of the sequels to the biggest movie ever released, Avatar. So it's going head-to-head with Avatar 3, which I don't think has a title, had a temporary title. It doesn't have one currently, but let's hope it's as good as The Way of Water. (laughs) Sorry, I'm being a little saucy today. I'm not usually this way. Uh, What do you think of this, Ryan? I I think this is a chicken situation where someone – is going to have to move away from the date and that someone is is a blue hedgehog. Would you believe me if I told you I had some thoughts on this? Um, <laughs> I, uh, what, what, um, what is it, before your thoughts, what is the motivation to do this? Do you know what I mean? Like um, if you are the studio behind Sonic the Hedgehog, like why? Well, so the, the first two movies were released early in the year. Um, I think at this point, what they're looking at is to do another very, very quick two-year turnaround time. It, pretty brutal. So I think they're, they want to give it a little bit of extra breathing room. So then you look at part of why Sonic 1 and 2 succeeded is that early part of the year, you know, before the March kind of summer preseason, let's call it, like it, it it's fertile. And the holiday corridor can be similarly fertile. And there's also room for other films because you have people are out of school. People go into movies for the holidays. It's there. Historically, you can succeed alongside other movies in that holiday corridor. Uh, you know, look at, you know, the force awakens, but then you had like sisters and Alvin and the chipmunks, you know, releasing alongside that. And both of those movies succeeded just fine despite like Star Wars. So um, uh, I think primarily what you're looking at is you might have a slightly longer window and you're also looking at Paramount saying both of these movies have performed well. We're going to confidently say we can be a holiday movie that year. And I think that's a, I think that's a good (laughs) move. I think that's a good play. Now, what I, what I partially think is that, with the box office recovery going as well as it's been going, you could conceivably have a very robust holiday season in 2024. And you could conceivably have room for both Avatar 3 and Sonic the Hedgehog 3. I don't think those are going for the same moviegoers, frankly. Uh, Some crossover, sure, but I think that those two things could theoretically exist alongside one another. Which one of these do I think moves? I think Avatar 3 is more likely to move, frankly. Really? As many times as the Avatar movies have moved before this? Absolutely. I mean, okay, so you're saying that the effects won't be done. It won't be ready. Or the effects, or or Cameron gets a bug up his ass, or they see how the box office goes with Avatar 2. and did, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's a pretty fluid situation with that movie. We, we don't even yeah. know how Avatar 2 is going to do. So I know we've talked a lot about what I think that movie's prospects are and whatever, but but I'm just saying that I, I think I think a lot of people think this is maybe boneheaded. I don't know if it's as boneheaded. I think the problem when you have something like Shazam 2, which is definitely going for a more blockbustery crowd, um, 
and might have more crossover. And you're also taking the possibility of a breakout hit off the table going head to head with Avatar 2. You know, because the other thing with Avatar 3, Avatar 2 is the thing people are going to be most curious about. I have a feeling Avatar 3 is not going to be able to capture as much wind as Avatar 2 will. So, you know, because people be like, okay, right, it's back. I get it. So I think there's a lot of factors at play here. Do okay if you had to if you had to put money on the table you're you're in Las Vegas and you can you can bet on this for some reason do you think uh, both what are the odds that both of these movies are actually going to come out on December twentieth twenty twenty four I give it a coin flip fifty fifty <laughs> okay yeah I think that's fair that's fair I don't think I I don't think I don't think Paramount has an interest in moving I think they might but I <laughs> I, I mean I I don't know I mean I I. I think if like Avatar 2 comes out and just absolutely destroys like in a way that like none of us are, you know, like in a way that we're like, all right, we're never doubting James Cameron again. Like <laughs> then th- like then I think. And, you know, then Disney's like, cool, we're sticking to this date. We're making posters. We're going like then I think maybe you start thinking how, how much money would that be, Ryan? Because I feel like anything cl- lower than what Avatar 1 did. Two billion before- or more. You think it has to be over two two billion, two, two, or close to that? Like where yeah. it's like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you start getting around like Spider Man No Way Home money, yeah, yeah. You know, then you're like, Ugh, you know, like like nobody's going up against Spider Man Four or whenever that comes out. You know what I mean? Like nobody. So I think <laughs> that would be a similar a similar thing. Okay, we have one last item to talk about today, and that is uh, with the streaming bill. Like the streaming business has been. Uh, the last few months, very, uh, how would you describe it? It's, it, it feels like it's in chaos, uh, but it seems like one company wants to get into the streaming service and they might take over everything. And that company is Walmart. Ryan, tell us about it. Uh, the way I would describe it is if you remember like the wild West and then at some point law and order had to come into play. Uh, and <laughs> I, I have to imagine that at the point when everyone's like, all right, let's attempt law and order. It was not easy. Uh, I think right now what's happening is the wild west of streaming is kind of not over, but like things are starting to settle and the, the way in which the dust is settling is kind of ugly because all these media companies built their companies around streaming. And now that's not seeming as possible as it was. And so it's messy, but anyway, a lot of this has to do with how do you monetize what you have now? And so I uh, know disrespect to the New York Times, but they ran an article the other day that got some attention that ran with the headline Walmart Plus uh, and made it seem as though Walmart was negotiating with Disney, Paramount and uh, Peacock for like some big streaming bundle. That's not really what's going on. So what's going on is Walmart Plus is already a service that exists. It is for like grocery delivery and and delivery of things from the website, stuff like that, gas discounts. But Walmart is, is sort of looking to uh, bolster its attractiveness of that offering. As you have to forget, outside of, scream, outside of streaming, subscription anything is the model that everyone is chasing. You know, for clothes, for food, for everything. There's subscriptions for everything. Walmart is no different. So what they are looking to do is they held meetings with Disney, Paramount, and like Comcast. And what they're looking to do is potentially partner with 
a big media company and offer a streaming service as part of Walmart Plus, which is a little different than what I think people thought was happening. I think they maybe thought that the great bundling of streaming services was finally happening, and that's not the case. This is more akin to like if you are a T-Mobile subscriber, you can get a free subscription to Paramount Plus. If you are a Verizon subscriber, you can get a subscription to Disney Plus. It's more akin to that, uh, just on a larger scale because it's Walmart. So that's really what's happening. So it's just these these big streaming companies trying to inflate their numbers by teaming with another company that has subscriber potential subscribers. Yeah, yeah, it's like it, it, this is this has been going on in business for as long as business has been a thing. It's 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 mutually beneficial promotion of, you know, of you give me something that will help my thing and I will help your thing. You know, it's that sort of it's that sort of idea and so that's what's going on here. I I it's my read of it is that uh because there was this very very important quote about um oh, where is the exact quote here? Uh, that um, Walmart is uh, looking which movies and TV shows would add the most value to its membership bundle. So they're not looking to try to make some deal for all three of these. And quite frankly, that wouldn't happen anyway. It's so they're looking at which person might make the most sense to partner with. My feeling is that Disney plus sort of aligns best with their brand, but who knows? I think Peacock stands the most to gain because Peacock is on fire right now in terms of losses and, I mean, Paramount Plus isn't doing much better, but their upside to me is a little better. Peacock, I don't really think has much room to grow and those losses can't continue for much longer. So I have no idea what the hell Comcast is going to do with that. But but yeah, so so uh, Paramount Paramount Plus seems like the least likely one to me, but we'll see. I mean, the story isn't as interesting as it seems like on the surface, as you mentioned, but you did mention the great bundling like it's something that we're all anticipating to happen which is is strange because the whole promise of streaming was that we were going to be able to subscribe to these channels and these studios and you, we could pay separately and we wouldn't have to have that like cable bundle that we've we're so used to having but and now it seems like everybody now that there's so many streaming services everybody wants a bundle which is strange to me so yeah, you know, do you think we're yeah, ever going to see that? Maybe, but I think it's so funny. I was I wrote at my uh, uh, one of my very very first paying jobs was at my uh, college newspaper. It was cool. We actually like the staff got paid, which was neat. And uh, and uh, I was a big. I was even into this stuff back then. And uh, I wrote an article uh, about. I think it was around the time FX Now was announced. And I and I wrote a thing. I wish I could find it. I've tried to find it that essentially what my what I posited is that what we're, we were moving towards was a la carte cable, where essentially all of these cable companies and services, they would they would offer their own streaming app or something and that you would have essentially be able to pick and choose. So you would not get something any cheaper than cable, but you would sort of get to pick and choose your battles. And it's amazing how close to that I it's amazing how close to right that I was <laughs> like I did. I, but but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I I don't know if the bundling is going to happen or if like the bottom is going to fall out on one or two of these. And then you have a couple of people in the streaming pe business and a few people that just aren't. Um, I, I don't know. 
Um, I get the sense Comcast is almost looking like AT because let's remember AT&T got out of the media business fast. They did that merger with Warner and they were like, screw this. And then they sold them to Discovery because they're like, we hate this business. Uh, I get the sense Comcast might might be feeling similarly soon enough. Um, at which point NBC Universal and Comcast then become more content providers than they are streaming offerers, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I, I, I think you're probably right. Uh, that would be my biggest guess is that then you still have your few streaming giants and everyone else is in the content business as, a, and I hate the word content like everyone else does, but it is what it is. And, uh, it, but, um, that's my guess. I don't know. What do you, th Peter, what do you think as someone who just deals with this? What would you want? I, I don't know what I want. I can tell you, it seems like there's a lot of money to be made to be a studio producing good movies and TV shows that could be licensed to the, all these people trying to go to war with each other in the streaming business. The the problem is all the people that are that's what Sony's good, doing right now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm surprised more of the studios aren't taking that approach. Everybody wants a big piece of like they, they want to be the next Netflix, even though you know Netflix is is what it is today. Uh, what do I want? I don't know what I want. I think <laughs> I I really don't know what I want anymore. It, it's become so confusing and so expensive. <laughs> Because back in the day, I just wanted to buy HBO and not have cable. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to buy AMC, which is now even more confusing because, uh, you know, you want to watch Better Call Saul, you buy AMC Plus. It's not even included in AMC Plus. So you got to like, I don't know. It, it's it's a mess. Wait, it, it Better is Call Saul isn't on AMC Plus? No, you need to. Uh, I don't know. It's it's confusing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh, me, me, how did i not know that yeah i think uh, you know what I, I i i'm not i'm speaking uh i heard this on the film cast so i might be let me look this up i'm looking this up live i'm looking it up right now hold on that that blew that blows my mind if that's true because i know they had the streaming deal with netflix so maybe they're waiting for that to expire but oh it looks like so, it is it looks like it is is it maybe Oh, maybe I mean, the, the new season is, but the previous previous season. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. I'm oh, yeah, here. but that's got to do. But then that's got to do with the pre-existing contracts with Netflix. So that's not even AMC's fault. Yeah. And they're only available for 30 days after they premiere. So if you wanted to watch Better Call Saul right now, if you wanted to catch up before the finale next week, Ryan, and you bought AMC Plus, you could not see the first couple episodes. <laughs> Better Call Saul. Yeah, I'm six. probably... Because I'm about to finish season five, so I think I'm going to do season. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go to like Prime Video, and you can just rent a season of something. Like that's yeah. probably what I'll do. That's what I did with yeah. Chucky because I didn't want to subscribe to Peacock. So like I just I just rented the season of Chucky, and then I got the season. Then I got the episodes the next day. Whatever. I just like for me because I just don't want to subscribe to stuff. Like if you give me the option, that's the one thing. Like like I, I subscribe to Apple TV Plus for like a a month or two just to do Ted Lasso season two. And it's like, if you had just given me the option to like rent this through someone else, you probably would have gotten more money from me. Like, it, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe that, I don't know. Options I think are key. See, I'm the sucker. I want to subscribe to things. I want to find a new service. I'm the guy that like pays for our service for like 10 months before he like was like, Oh, I haven't watched. I haven't used that thing in a few months. Maybe I should cancel it. Uh, but yeah, I, I got to get rid of discovery plus. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think this, I've the, hardly the... used it. I thought. What were you gonna say? I just thought I would use it, and then I just didn't use. Like I watched some battle bots, which was cool, and then I was like, "That's enough." <laughs> yeah, I think the dream of the unbundling was that I could, you know, if I wanted to just subscribe to Discovery or if I wanted to subscribe to HGTV or if I wanted to subscribe to AMC or HBO, I'd be able to subscribe to that one channel for like the things I like. You know, I like watching Property Brothers. So I want to subscribe to uh, what are they on HGTV or something, I guess. Um, I guess. I don't know. I love the idea that you started this really reputable, beloved movie website (laughs) and that one of the things that you would subscribe to is fucking HGTV. Well, uh, well, here's the thing, Ryan. Most I'm of just what I'm I li- just messing with you, Peter. <laughs> but most of what I like watching is covered in the Netflix, the Disney Plus, the HBO Max, right? But then there's like a, a couple shows like Restaurant Impossible or you know, stupid, stupid reality. You just want to watch couples fight about which tiny home yes. to buy. I get it. Yes, but like I don't need all of Discovery Plus for that. I just want the one channel that I had on my TV. But I, I think the thing that we've all learned is that these channels can't make money selling themselves like singularly. They need to be part of some kind of bundle. And now they're part of Discovery Plus, which is now going to be part of HBO Max. I, I guess I win in the end, Ryan, because I have HBO Max and that's going to eventually encompass all of this. So I don't know what I'm complaining about, but... I guess, I guess, yeah, I, I, but I think that's why, like, for me, like, one of the frustrating things is still, like, like, I have ESPN Plus, and, like, Disney controls ESPN, and, like, football season's coming up, and I'm very excited, and I still have to, like, have cable and ESPN to watch Monday Night Football, and I'm like, come (sighs) on, man, like, or I got to do, like, Pluto TV or something where you get the ESPN stream, and I'm like, just give me away, give me away. Yeah, there's things that I watch. Like I watch uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us on the CW. And uh, I don't think there's a way of getting that unless you have cable. Did at you this watch point. Penn and Teller Bullshit back in the day, by the way? Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that show. Yeah. That was a great show. Not that that has anything to do with anything. But. <laughs> that I'm sure you could get on Showtime. What is their service called? Showtime anytime showtime plus i, I think that was uh, isn't it just showtime and then you just oh god i hate <laughs> streaming oh, it's just like i'm just gonna say it out loud i hate it uh i got this email the other day I, I forwarded this to you because we were talking about um what were we talking about uh scoop we we're talking about scoop too and an accountant wrote in and uh said i've been listening to your episodes discussing why scoop holiday haunt isn't being released since i'm an accountant slash financial analyst maybe i can provide a little bit more insight if warner brothers discovery is going through a restructuring right now there are certain items that can be written off as one-time restructuring costs this usually happens if the company is changing strategies or changing major divisions within the company these one-time cost write-offs enable them to expense the entirety of the associated products, thus reducing the tax burden. Otherwise, the cost would be recognized as when revenue starts flowing in, which is presumably when the movies are released. If they don't think Scoob and Batgirl would perform well and make the budget back, they cannot release them as part of the restructuring 
and write the entire costs off as one-time items. The reasons you can't release Scoob, because you were saying like maybe they're doing the the um, the score for Scoob uh, to eventually release it. They're saying uh, this accountant uh, named Christine wrote into us. Thank you, Christine. Says the reason why you can't release Scoob after the cost has been written off is because you have declared it non-revenue generating after writing it off. You've gotten you've already got the one-time tax benefits. You can only write the cost off if no future revenue is anticipated. So if Warner Brothers Discovery said, hey, we're restructuring our business right now and we don't think any of these movies will make any money, we might as well write them off as tax benefit. And once they're written off, they can't generate revenue anymore. Otherwise, it would be a tax loophole that companies can use to pay less taxes and have it come back and make more money later. So... So there's that. I, I, I still don't think that this like supersedes this movie ever being released, but but the, there there is the uh, the information from someone who knows the tax uh, behind all this. Anyways, uh, any well, comment yeah, on that? Yeah. No, I mean it definitely shed some light. Um, I do think though, yeah. I mean, like one of my things I was saying about Scoob the other day is that. I didn't know the ins and outs, but I just have a feeling, even if it's not through proper channels, that that movie might see the light of day someday. Uh, mm. Again, that Deadpool test footage was never supposed to see the light of day, and it sure as shit did. So, um, yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> I, I uh, uh, can't help but wonder. Uh, can't help but wonder. Okay. Well, you can find more of all our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter.slashfilm.com like Christine did. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you uh, tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.